So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Tractor Girls Talk podcast, which is proudly sponsored by John Fowler's solicitors. Big up, Mod Kennedy, as ever, and the team for his support. Um, I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host and townwoman skipper, Blue Wilson. And we're joined by a special guest, the man of many roles, Kieran Stanley, joins us um, to discuss seven straight wins. Top of the league still. And uh, going into a very big game this weekend in the title race. Blue, always a pleasure. How was your trip to Kent with the team uh, on the coach there? And another win. Another win, the main point. Um, But yeah, it was a good trip. Um, I actually had a family trip to Centre Parks before. So I came straight from Centre Parks, Colchester. Got on the Colchester pickup. um, And then obviously went to the game. But yeah, it was a good, good day out, professional performance and around made a good weekend um but what about you how's it been yeah it's been good so you had a rare saturday off um because the men of course didn't have a game so it was nice nice just chill weekend but ready to to hit kent on sunday and um another win um more three points joe shins 100th game in charge and we're joined blue by a man of many roles at the football club kieran stanley k dog always a pleasure my friends um House things and sort of we've had you on the podcast before we had you for the quiz which was a very good quiz i won that quiz <clears throat> um but also came on last season but k-dog how are things and let people know sort of your role because you've got a lot yeah it's uh it's great to be back thanks for having me back on i think this is my hat trick appearance now actually so um pleased to, to hit that do I, do I get a match ball at all if it's a perfect hat trick did you get a header left foot right foot we'll i'm scoring with my left actually so okay. um yeah, and I might be a bit too short for the header, but we'll, we'll see. Um, no, it's, things are going great, actually. Obviously, things have been really good for the team recently off the back of this really strong run of form. And that, that's obviously translated into being being quite busy. But, yeah, it's been all right and enjoying it. And the team are enjoying it. It's a great vibe at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. And in terms of what I do, it's far too much is the answer to that. Um, but, no, it's been it's been enjoyable at the same time. Um you know, for those that don't know, I'm media officer, but also oversee um, first team and academy operations, as well as admin and logistics and all kinds of things that are involved in that. Um, lots of work behind the scenes, and I kind of pick up jobs here and there that that really like to try and take them off of Joe's plate. Um, so, yeah, I'm a busy guy, um, but I enjoy it, and um, it's a great time to be a part of the club. Definitely, and uh, yeah, if you're not at games and you need to know the result. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is where Kieran Stanley's at. He's the well, one tweeting. Yeah. I've recently picked up the PA announcing job as well. So you may have heard my <laughs> voice echoing around Felix though. Um, for any residents around the AGL arena that's heard my my gob come across the uh, <laughs> come across the speakers in recent weeks, I do apologize. Um, but yeah, that's something I've, I've recently taken on, as well as being able to fix the coffee machine at the training ground. There you go. Many, many key roles. Good old K-Dog. Always good to have you on the pod, my friend. We're going to chat about the win against Gillingham, a 1-0 win. Uh, The bogey side, you know, you know, cliche. Because we haven't been able to say that. Yeah, last two results, you know, they're beating us and we're drawing against them. But um, a 1-0 win in Kent. Um, A nice little setup, Chat and Town. Um, Very modern setup. Nice uh, surface. Uh, A nice little, was that Barry's? Was it Barry's? Um 
Food think Shack, it, I think it was called. Well, or might, Bobby's, no, Bobby's, Bobby's, yeah. Bobby's. Okay, Bobby's yeah, Food Shack. I really remember it to be honest. Yeah, Bobby's Food Shack. Um, I think uh, Blue, you saw me, Kieran, and the other media people eating burgers and uh, bacon burgers, and you and Lucy O'Brien like looking over at us and going, "Oh, wish we could eat that." Because yeah, you're, you're athletes, aren't you? We're just, a, we're just a the media people. A, a little bit of a disclaimer here, so we couldn't get onto the pitch or do any, get any work started until the. Chatham Town under 14s game and finish. Yeah. So we were kind of standing around doing nothing. So I thought, good opportunity for a bacon roll. Ross dived into the burger um, and Blue went to MS, I think, didn't you? Yeah, me and Lucy O'Brien decided that burger probably wasn't the right choice. So we had a little trip to MS, which was handily only, yeah, it was only a couple of minutes walk. So we went there, um, managed to pick up a sandwich, got back, ate it on the bench whilst the girls were warming up. So yeah, great, really. Uh, yeah. I'm happy with that setup, um, but I'd be interested to hear the ratings of the burger and bacon roll. Okay, uh, hmm. I'll, I'll let good. you take it. Not yeah, good. it's not. Uh, I've had worse. I've had worse. It's a standard football ground burger, but yeah, I, I would say bacon roll in terms of price probably about right. In mm. terms of quality, five out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a bacon roll at Watford away, which was absolutely out of this world, but it did cost me double the price of the one I paid for yesterday. So um kind of expect that. But um yeah, it was it was a good little facility, wasn't it? I think, uh, Ross, you called it on the podcast last week, the Booville Stadium. I thought it was called the Booville Stadium. And it turns out it's the Booville Stadium. So you know, none of us could get it right. Um, but there we go. But that was, I have to say, that was definitely one of the best setups we've been to this season. Um, obviously a high quality 4G pitch, plenty of stands with good acoustics for the supporters as well, making a lot of mm. noise. Um, nice, nice facilities in terms of down the tunnel in the dressing rooms, very hospitable staff, um, and good clubhouse. So yeah, I mean that was one of my favourite away days we've done in a long time. Definitely. Yeah, big shout out to Chat and Town. And uh yeah, we got the win blue. One nil win. Uh started the game brightly. Anna Gray with her twelfth goal of the season. Great assist from Pesk. But yeah, your thoughts on the the win overall? I think overall we were pretty well. We were in control the entire game. I think um, I think they had the odd the odd moment where I was like, Ooh, okay, and probably I would have been a lot more comfortable watching if we'd put two or three past them. Um, but we're kind of in a flow now where we can comfortably win one nil, and that be okay. Obviously, for goal difference reasons and. For probably for supporters watching and people on the bench. It's nicer to get a few more, but a win is a win. Um, and if it does come down to goal difference, we'll probably be looking back at these times thinking, okay, we need to score more. Um, so a difficult one, but all in all professional performance. I know they had a few players from um, West Ham and uh, all sorts of clubs in terms of like younger players coming on loan. So some decent talent. Um, but I think the way we played, the way we pressed them high, I don't think they really had a chance. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happy with that performance. I think Joe was 2-7 on the trot. Um, and, yeah, no complacency I'm seeing in the performances yet. So, a good day. Um, and a nice, I think it's it's important to have the win yesterday or whenever it was, whenever you're listening, um, to tee up that Oxford game. Because if, say, we'd drawn or lost against Gillingham, the Oxford game then has a, def a definite different feel to it. Um, so, yeah, we're seven on the trot. I think Oxford are five on the trot, so it's going to be a big clash of heads on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, Anna doing what she does best, 
all in all, good performance and win. Definitely. And I forgot to mention uh, my review of the food. Yeah, I'm, I'll say the same, Kieran, five out of ten. Um, good price, but a little bit overcooked, a burger, but, you know, it's food at the end of the day. Um, K-Dog, your thoughts on, on the win, the performance, the goal? I missed the goal, but I got the celebration. You had to let me know because we had a rare experience in the first half. Me and Kieran watched the game together. I was in the stand getting some good elevation pictures. But, um, yeah, tell the story and your thoughts on the game as a whole. Yeah, so Ross and I were were in the the stand with with Maddie, obviously who works with us in in the media team, and we decided to go behind the goal. And it's not usually the kind of angle I'd, I'd take for for media, but it had the best best kind of elevation possible. Um, so we went right in the back row, got a really good view of the pitch, and um, Ross was stood next to me, and he just asked me to to, to take his camera for a second, which was on obviously an extended tripod, and. I took the camera whilst, whilst watching the game and Ross is um, obviously trying to switch over SD cards at the time. And we started to come forward on the attack. And I'm going, Ross, we're in here. Ross, we're in. Ross, Ross, quick, we're in. Ross, I just about got the, cam- the camera back to him in time to be able to him to capture the goal and the celebration. So that um, was a bit of a bit of an ad hoc moment, but we did it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It always happens. Always feel, OK, I'm comfortable here. We're not going to have a chance. We're going to be fine. But no, all the time, every time I put the camera down, something happens. And when when you were saying that, Kieran, I thought, oh, we're not going to waste this anyway. So we're not going to score it. But we did. And um, Kieran, yeah. thoughts on the goal? A very good goal. Yeah, nicely well worked, actually. I thought we we played some really nice stuff. Some combinations were, were fantastic. And you could see the threat of our wide players and, and Freya running in behind, were, were causing Gillingham a lot of problems. And I think... I think our high press as well was was really really causing them problems because the amount of clearances they slammed into our pressing players were was ridiculous. But um, yeah, it's a great ball out out to Pesk and she does what she does best and just puts in a quality delivery right into the six yard box and and, and Anna runs onto it. It's it, you know she's it's bundled in into the corner, um, but it's it's difficult to to hit a ball in stride like that when you when you're off balance. Um, but she's put it in. I think there was an initial, initial moment where the players perhaps thought it was going to be disallowed because after Anna yeah. had put the ball in, she ran to the goalkeeper with her momentum and the goalkeeper was down. And I think a couple of our players thought it was going to get ruled out for a foul, but it didn't. Um, and I think from that point onwards, we were really, really comfortable. I never thought as if Gillingham were going to get back into the game. They didn't really have an awful lot up front. And although you have that lingering thing in the back of your head of, oh, one goal here could change everything, you know, we it could end our season if we concede a goal. It always felt as if we were in full control of the game and that we would go on and get another one. Ultimately, we didn't. But I think if any team was going to score the second goal of the game, it was going to be us. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned actually, Kieran, um, yesterday, um, well, we're recording this on Monday, it will go out probably Tuesday, but um, on Sunday, Pesca, of course, got the assist and she's now second in the uh, assist making charts. So she only made a return back in October, November time. So, She's she's proven how good a player she is. Yeah, are we surprised? Probably not. Um, she's been an assist machine ever since she stepped foot on the pitch for Ipswich Town in, in 2019. Um, she's got such a quality delivery. And I think it has taken her a little bit of time to get back, back to her best. You know, she's had a bit of time where she's been on the bench and then she's come back into the team and she's put in some good performances and some good cameo performances. But... I think over the last three or four games, we're really starting to see her reach that, those levels again. And yesterday was one of those games. I thought that was her best performance since she returned from injury by an absolute mile. They just could not handle her. And I think, Blue, you mentioned players from West Ham for Gillingham. Kira Flannery, who has played for West Ham in the WSL, 
was playing at left wing back yesterday and, and Peskett was absolutely rinsing her the entire game. Um, so, yeah, great performance from her. Great delivery. We're so used to seeing her, her be such a threat in the final third, both from scoring and, and assisting. And, and that's just um, another example of what she can do. Yeah. And Blue, got to give a shout out to the defence once again. Megan Waring, Boz, Laffey, just the, the back just the back three, back four. Summer Hughes. Good old Summer Hughes. Um, Summer Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to the defence once again. Definitely Megan Waring. And she's just been a boss this season, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, still waiting for that goal, though. Yeah. Still waiting. Oh, so close again. Oh, a chance yesterday. It's, it, uh, I'm convinced it's going to be a worldie, though. Like, yeah. if she's going to score a scruffy goal, it's going to be a bullet header or a bitey. Yeah. Uh, and I, we, there was a time in the first half yesterday where she was definitely sizing up the bicycle kick from a corner yeah. and decided to back out of it at the last minute. But, <laughs> it's um, yeah, the goal is definitely coming. I, I mean, I, I would love to see it this weekend in a game of that yeah. magnitude against Oxford for her to, to score. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. She has said, actually, she's like, yeah, I'm saving it for Oxford, saving it for the Ox <laughs> Oxford. I'm like, Megan, that can't be an excuse for you missing chances. Um, but if she pulls it off, I'm not complaining. I'm not sure goals work like that, but <laughs> if she pulls it off. But I think all in all, the defence was solid as per um, Boz and uh, obviously Laugh and Megan in particular. And then you've got Summer Hughes, who I thought had a great game. Her and Peskett really helped each other out. And that, that right side was really strong for us. Um, so yeah, once again, and Sarah, of course, can't forget yes, the goalkeeper. Yeah, now clean sheet for her, and uh, Another clean sheet. and just the relationships are across the pitch. I think is now is growing more and more. You know, this definitely in this run. Um, you know, the forward line as well. Um, you know, Freya playing up front in a, a different position. She had a, another good game, I felt, and then Anna Gray here, twelve goals. She's now the top goal scorer this campaign. Um, thoughts on her? Yeah, yeah, she's having a fantastic season. We, we've always known the, the qualities that Anna has and she has such electrifying pace that it's so difficult to to deal with her. Um, I think, you know, she would admit that last season probably wasn't the best for her in terms of creativity. Um, she, she got a few goals last season, which she'd be pleased with. But I think this year, not only has she been able to score goals, but she's also been able to create them a lot more consistently as well. So she's had a, a really, really good season, um, and that was on show again yesterday. And it's it's not just the, the you know the the quality goals that she can score, but just like yesterday, right place, right time, stick it in, and you know, fantastic, won the game. And you know, if she was to go on and win the Golden Boot this season, she'd be the, the first player not named Natasha Thomas to win it since 2014, <laughs> which is just absolutely incredible, really. Um, Obviously, Tash is only one goal behind. I wouldn't totally rule out that that staying with her. But um, yeah, Anna's had a great season. Really pleased for her that she's she's managed to to consistently like carry that throughout the whole season. And yeah, been a very much a key player. Yeah, she has. Um, Blue, obvious question this, but how big was this win? Crucial, crucial. We it couldn't have been anything else. I don't think, and I think we all knew that. Um, but we weren't going to let that pressure us into making bad decisions. So anything other than a win on Sunday was yeah detrimental to our season. We we knew that that would be the end of the sort of title challenge um, in sort of realistic terms, looking at the table. Uh, we've still got a lot to do. Don't get me wrong, we've still got a lot to do. We need some, we obviously need to win our last three and hope 
some results go away, but uh, we, we're still in the mix and that's the most important thing. So it, it carries on and we've we've won more than seven games in a row before. So why can't we do it again? Yeah, and, and Kieran, I'm going to use Blue's word here, crucial, because it was a crucial month in March as well. Um, you know, some great wins, Billy Ricky, Plymouth, London Bees, Crawley Wasps, who are teams that, you know, they they, all, they, were, they had to test us. Um, how, how would you look back on the last month and the Gillian win as a whole? Yeah, it's been a it's been a fantastic month. You know, I, I don't think we have to dress it up. I think it speaks for itself to, to win that many games is incredibly impressive. And I, I guess the only disappointment is we conceded last week against Crawley. Um, it really, it should be a run of clean sheets as well. Um, but yeah, it, it has been fantastic. Um, I think aside from the Watford, obviously being um, you know a, a real big victory for us, we have played a lot of sides that we perhaps be expected to beat. But you still have to beat those teams. You know, that we, we've seen that you just look at that Forest Green in the, in the men's game yesterday. I don't think anyone would have given them a hope in hell of beating Sheffield Wednesday. It was 23 games unbeaten. But it just proves that football can churn out these results sometimes. And although upsets are more rare in the women's game, they will happen. I don't think many people would have foresaw Oxford losing to, to Cheltenham earlier in the season. Bearing in mind, Cheltenham haven't won a game since then. So... Uh, you know, yes, we have been fantastic. We've got a great run going, seven wins in a row. We've kept ourselves in the title race with vital win after vital win week by week. But we do need to win our final three. And as Blue said, we need a little bit of luck along the way. You know, this is this is far from done. Um, but it's hard to look back and, and be negative about it because it's been tremendous. And I think Joe summed it up well the other day when he said to me that, he goes, look, at the end of the day, if we win our final 10 games of the season and still don't go up, we couldn't have done any more than that. Yeah. And I think that's a real good way of looking at it because what else can you do to win 10 in a row at the end? Can't ask for more. No, you can't ask for more. And, and Blue, you know, the players have really stepped up this month as well. Um, you know, player of the month voting will be out um, when this podcast goes out. So, uh, yeah, get your nominations in. But Blue, some standout players there, but another good team sort of month in terms of performance wise but there's some standout players there as well yes for sure I think Freya has to be in the mix um for me Megan again um Pesca's had a great month so there's a, I mean a lot of players have had a really good month um so it's hard it's hard to pick from because obviously the defense have done well only conceding one so but those would be sort of the three and you've got Anna oh there's a lot it's gonna be a difficult yeah. vote yeah, it's, it's, this year, Kieran, it's been it's just it's all over the place in terms of players. It's hard to choose because sometimes you like like sometimes the men's team is you just rely on one player. But nowadays, it's like everybody gets a nomination. You think, oh, well, may vote for that player, that player. But it, everyone's sharing it. every year or every month. It's been a different nomination, different winner. Yes, we haven't had a repeat winner yet, um, which which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it's testament to to the players that are the multiple players that are playing at a consistently high level. And you know, I think that this month has been particularly strong. Obviously, when you win seven games in a row, I think it's going to be strong. And obviously, five games in this month, five wins. So it is going to be tough. Um, good luck to the supporters in terms of choosing this month's player of the month because I think <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. Um, I think for me personally, I'd probably give it to Freya. Uh, obviously, would be the first repeat winner, um, just because. You know, the start of this month, she's been thrust into a new position. She scored five goal, uh, five goals in five games. 
So, you know, she's had a great run of form, um, been very crucial, scored some important goals throughout the month uh, in a new position at 17 years old as well. I think that's important to point out. Also, I know Megan's 17 as well and is an absolute titan at the back. Um, but yeah, fair play to Freya. She's made a massive impact in the last month. But look, whoever wins it is going to be worthy at the end of the day because there's a lot of worthy contenders. Yeah, worthy indeed. Um, well, big moment on Sunday. Joe Sheehan, the gaffer, the manager, the coach. 100 games in charge of the team. Blue, he's got a pretty good record. Um, I think, Kieran, you said in the... Um, in your interview with him, you know, that's pretty decent. You know, that 72 wins at 100 games, 234 goal difference, 72% win percentage. Blue, thoughts on Joe and, uh, yeah, a century of games for him. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? Not bad stats. I think I'd be happy with them. Um, but actually, it triggered the sort of 100 games, it triggered my thoughts back to my first sort of season in tier four when Joe took over and the likes of Paige Wakefield and uh, Lindsay and Amanda Crump were playing and when he sort of first took over and how he's sort of changed and how we've changed and it, it's quite it's quite weird in comparison just the way I guess you expect a coach to know everything as players but actually he was and still is like early in his journey as being a senior coach so the way probably his journey is aligned with ours and different learnings and how he's matured as we have too. Um, I think his approach to games, especially big games in particular, is, has adapted and, and all in all has improved massively as a coach. Um, and he was good when I first came here. So yeah, big up Joe. Um, they are incredible stats really when you think about it. They're not easy leagues to be in. Um, and yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, long may I continue. Uh, Kieran, we've been there since the beginning, February 2019, when he got appointed. Um, he's had a journey. The club have had a journey to Tier 3, quarterfinals of the FA Cup, um, beating high opposition. Your thoughts on Joe and, yeah, 100 games for the man. Yeah, I'm just going to say four years of success, 100 games of success. It's been an absolute honour and a privilege, I think, to, to have been a part of that over the last 100 games, four years. Um, what a fantastic manager um, and what a fantastic guy. An absolute pleasure to be on his staff. Someone who's put an awful lot of trust and belief in me and allowed me to to do so much work for the club. And, and I think, yeah, he has been such a crucial part of where we are today. Everyone has bought into his vision. Everyone uh, kind of... You, you buy into that enthusiasm and that absolute desire to succeed and and hit the targets that we want to we want to hit and to be where we want to be. Um, you've got to be all in under Joe, and I think that that, that certainly is the case. Um, and look, I think Blue hit it on the head as well. Like this is a guy who's thirty four years old and he's got a hundred games in management under his belt. Like he is a young coach. He's still got a massive future ahead of him, but. To have the achievements he has at his age is a testament to to him. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be many more games in the dugout for Ipswich Town. Um, you know, he loves this club. Um, and I'm sure he's going to deliver a lot more success for this club. Yeah, and Blue, I think he know how important it was on Sunday, the win, because he did. He brought out a little, little fist pump. 
Oh, we lost him. To the crowd, you know? Am I gone? A little Hello? technical glitch there. Yeah, a little bit of a glitch. I, I got mid fist pump. You were mis mid oh. fist pumping. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I caught a, a nice little fist pump from Joe at the end there, which was great to see. I think how important that win was on, on Sunday. And yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, I think it was probably a build up of this season. And we've had a lot not go against us because that makes us seem like we're unlucky and we haven't been that. But there's a lot of things which in your perfect plan of how the season goes, has it hasn't gone like that. So I think to be at this point in the season, in the position that we're in, and to win a game against Gillingham when actually they're, they're not an easy team at all. They're one of those which you can't really predict. And we struggled against them in the past. So I think it was relief, actually. It was relief that we're still in it. Relief that we can... Uh, sustain the pressure um, and continue, um, but yeah, I, he's he's sort of he's the word he uses the word dialed in, and I think he's very much that as as is the rest of the team, um, and like he, he likes to remind us of how how many we've got to go, and we've got three to go, and then possibly a potential another one if if those three go well, um, and that's it, three games to decide our season, and it all comes down to that. So I think perhaps emotions then start to after the game is over and you're still in it it's pure relief and I definitely felt that um so yeah he he deserves the success and as to the team um because we've got a really hard working set of players and probably even harder working set of staff so we're we're really lucky at this club I think um and yeah I, Three games to go, Ross. <laughs> Three games to go. I don't think you can underestimate just how much he wants this and how much yeah. it means to him. I yeah. think that's something I would point out. This, this is an obsession for him mm -hmm. uh, to, to deliver success and to achieve what we set out to achieve. And, and that buy-in, it has to be there. I mean, he's a very passionate manager. Very, um, like, you know, he's been emotional at times. You know, I think yeah, that emotion comes through with, with how much it means. And he's just meticulous in his approach just so that you know the, the the finer details of the game the nuances just the, the amount of, of work he puts into this to be able to deliver this for for the team is is incredible uh, and that's testament to him and you know yeah it's been a great four years but there's plenty more to come I'm sure of it yeah big up Joshi and and uh, big up the town fans as well we traveled down to Kent behind the the stand where you were in Kieran with the drum um some great flags so big up the supporters as ever um we've got to, of course look ahead to a very big game this weekend against Oxford United before that it's time for Kieran to have a spotlight on you my friend our favorite feature 10 questions with um I'd be interested to know your answers um blue I'll let you take it away with the first one First one, who is your biggest influence? I've been thinking long and hard about this. Um, I, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention Joe. I think he he has been a, had a mass, massive influence on me, certainly from a career perspective, um, for putting that that faith and, and confidence in, and belief in me to be able to do my job to the best of my ability. And I certainly wouldn't be sat where I am today if it wasn't for him. Um, so I think he would certainly be someone that I would say has been a huge influence. Um, but I'm also going to say my granddad, uh, my granddad, shout out Dave, um, has, uh, has been a massive influence on me throughout my life, really. 
Um, he's my number one fan. Um, I ring him after every game and tell him the result, um, which has become a bit of a thing on the coach now, hasn't it, Ross? Um, to the yeah. point where sometimes Joe will shout down the phone to my granddad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, you know, my granddad, he's not really the biggest football fan, even though he grew up a stone's throw from White Hart Lane in Tottenham. There's never been the biggest football fan, but he's a big fan of me. And my experiences in the game and, um, and the things that I go through and the successes I've had mean a lot to him. So he likes to hear about all of that. Um, so I would certainly say, yeah, my granddad. Um, so, yeah. Big shout out to Dave. You're listening, if you are. I don't think he will be. Um, <laughs> but I'll let him know that I've said that and he'll probably appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Top man, top man, Dave. Um, second question then, Kieran. I know you're a pretty good dab hand in the kitchen. So um, what's your favourite thing to cook, just eat in general as well? So, I mean, you can't really beat Christmas dinner, can you? I think it's just, there's a reason why you only have it once a year. It's because it's so damn good. Yeah. Um, so that that would be up there. I've made the family Christmas dinner probably for the last seven or eight years now. So I've kind of, I've kind of perfected that. Um, I also do make these really, really good, like, chicken nachos with like two different types of cheese which is a really sort of like nice and easy thing to make at home sometimes um it might not sound like very complicated cooking but when you nail it it's just it's fantastic but um yeah i'd say one of those two but maybe in leaning towards christmas dinner because it is just there's so much that goes into it isn't it but when you when you, you nail it it's like oh my god what a job i've done here and it's just great in it it is very good indeed over to you then blue Quite quite a simple one actually. Uh, what was your favourite subject in the school? Um, I mean, so I enjoyed PE. Being into sports, like you know, naturally enjoyed that. Um, and later in life, I've obviously become very interested in history, especially World War Two history. That's a, a real interest of mine. But I'd probably go English. I think. Um, just because honestly, that's related to, to working in media. I think the skills I've picked up in English have, have translated into my career. Um, and yeah, I, that was always a decent lesson. Hated maths. That can get in the bin. Blue, I don't know how you're training to become an accountant. I can't think of anything worse, but you know, you be you. <laughs> Thanks, Kieran. Yeah. Kieran, you, you had to do a bit of math though with um, the rate goal, you know, the win ratio for, for Joe and stuff. So you had to bring a bit of maths in there. Yeah, maybe like primary school level maths. But... Oh. <laughs> 72 wins out of 100 equals 72%. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. too difficult, Kieran. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Um, now, big question here, Kieran. What is the one item you can't live without? Look, I'm not, I'm not going to say my phone because even though it's central to my, to my job, um, <laughs> and it, and it that is a fact, I couldn't because it is so important. But Ross, I feel like you're gonna. This is something that you could agree with here. Okay. The same, my beard. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's I, a good I, one, actually. Yeah. Like genuinely, I think I've had a beard last ten years. I just cannot physically not have one. I just think I look daft. Um, so it's become a, a part of me now, and it will stay with me for the rest of my life. I just don't ever like being clean shaven um i think it's part of my identity is who i am as a person so roscoe you rock a great beard as well i think you can you'll feel me on that one 
Do you know what, Blue? I'm, I say this literally every week, but that is probably the best answer that we've is ever a good had. One. That is a very good because one. Because that's relatable too for me, not, not for you, yeah. Blue, and not the rest me, of the players. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. But um, that is a fantastic answer, Kieran, because, yeah, I look stupid. I look stupid anyway, but if I didn't have a beard, I just, yeah. I just I've had it done today, the fresh little trim. Yeah. Been to see my barber, Ken, sorted me out with a, a fresh okay. trim and a beard cut. So, um, yeah, shout out to Ken, my barber. <laughs> Go on, Ken. Dave and Ken. Shout out to the, yeah. to the boys, to the boys, but yeah, good, good answer. I like that blue. I don't know if he'll be able to top this. Will he be able to top? No, I don't know. I've got a question off the back of that though. What mm. amount of money would it take for you to shave your beard off and not have it for a year? A year of your oh, life without beard. We're talking a lot. Like, what's the threshold for a year? My mm. god, no I, beard I, for a year. You do not know. I just not for a year. Yeah, no. but imagine carrying a couple of mil. Of meal. I, I mean, are you willing to pay that much? If, I mean, I'm not. It's just hypothetical, Gary. Do they? Or hypothetical? Yeah, I, I, don't, I genuinely don't know because it's not something I've contemplated. I mean, I, I'm losing my, I'm losing my hair. So losing my facial hair is a definite no go for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on anyway. Um, oh, this is a good question. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Teleportation's yeah. out. Can yeah, I'm not going for that. I've heard that too many times. As much as it would be great, I've heard it too many times. Um, going for something a bit different here. So, like, I'm going to go for, like, infinite knowledge. So, say, for example, you're on a plane and the pilot's not very well. They need someone mm -hmm. to fly it. You could just go into the cockpit and fly a plane without even having to think about it. If you could perform surgery on someone in a hospital and you just know how to do it straight away... So just that ability to be able to know everything and how to do everything straight away would be absolutely incredible. Okay, I'm going to counter that. But don't you think part of life is not knowing things and finding out and discovering things? So do you think it would ruin the enjoyment of life? No, because if I can do, if I know how to do everything and know the answer to everything, it makes life so much easier. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> not lying. Yeah, you can't not knowledge. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Um, now I'm bracing myself for this one. Um, mm. and disclaimer uh, for anything, but Kieran, what is the one small thing that annoys you? How long have we got? <laughs> got a we ain't got a time limit on such on these podcasts, but we do like to wrap it up by by at least an hour mark. But uh, yeah, take it away. <laughs> Yeah, so for people that know me, I'm easily irritated. So we could be here genuinely for a long time with me going through the list of things that do annoy me. Um, and I'm going to put a small disclaimer out there to say anyone that doesn't like this next bit, I'm very sorry. Because um, this is a specific um, thing. Uh, I'm going to say veganism. The whole yeah, there it is. There it is, Ross. The, there it is. What I call the plant-based pandemic um where you literally can't get away from it nowadays it's just forced in your face wherever you go um yeah not for me i'm quite happy for them to obviously if that's their lifestyle choice they want to do that absolutely fine um but all these alternatives that are advertised everywhere nowadays where they're making vegan alternatives to anything um i just think it's got a bit out of hand and it's um a, a, as a man who is carnivorous <laughs> um <laughs> uh, yeah it's um 
yeah, and will not be changing. It's uh, quite frustrating. Um, I'm sorry for any vegans listening, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it really, really annoys me. Um, Question, Kieran. What about vegetarians? What's your opinion on them? I don't. I I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I feel like I don't have a problem with it, with anything whatsoever. If it's um, if it's a choice for a cause or if it's something medical or anything like that, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But when it's a lifestyle choice, particularly just for attention um, and to follow a phase, then I have no time for it at all. So um, once again, sorry to any vegans listening, but we are going to have big disagreements. Fair play. No, fair play. Everyone's got their own opinions. And um, hopefully, if there is a vegan listening to this podcast, I hope you haven't been put off. That's just Kieran's views, not of the podcast. We do not lie. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. don't at me on it. Like, cause, yeah. Yeah. at Kieran Stanley uh, on 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 uh, on the social K Stanley Media, I think it is on on Twitter. So <laughs> God's at him. Um, but no, this also rules me out of ever working for Forest Green. By the way, yeah. that does. Yeah. And no shame there, Kieran. No, not a loss there, my friend. Not <laughs> they did some table this weekend, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Fair play to them beating Shovel Wednesday. Fair play to them. Um, all right, in blue. Segue where you can. Yes, um, we'll move on. Uh, favorite holiday destination? USA, hands down. Been there four times to four different cities. Um, I think it's an incredible place. There's there's so much there. I think it's so like it's so diverse from state to state in terms of this. Like you go to the north and it's very mountainous. It's very green. Um, you get to go to the south. It's obviously you know a lot like a desert and obviously they have you know louisiana and mississippi it's all swamp like same in, in florida so it's like you almost have an entire continent within a country um and i just think america does everything bigger and better um you know i'm massively into my american football as you guys know um obviously like other american sports but I just think that it, it's it's amazing there's so much more of it i'd like to see on top of what i've already done and um, i'd like to see canada too like i think that that's really high on the list but um yeah having visited the states four times already yeah I'm, I'm planning on going back many more times really love it out there yeah definitely um this question i'm very interested to hear your answer for kieran um early bird or night owl i think you're a bit of both but um yeah yeah you're right actually yeah i'm, I'm i'd say i'm somewhat in the middle um like if i have to get up for something i've got no qualms with having to set an early alarm to get out and do something important. Um, but yeah, like, honestly, like, you know, I'm happy to stay up late if need be, you know, if, if, if it's required. So yeah, I'd say sort of in the middle, maybe leaning slightly towards night owl, but um, yeah, I reckon I'm, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm, I'm putting you on a spot here again, Blue. I'm sorry. We always do this on the podcast. I've probably asked you this before anyway, but what, what's your, Alarm situation, because I'm so bad with my alarm. I just snooze, snooze all the time. I even put like seven alarms on, but I still just, I just ignore them. What, what, but it's a question for both of you, actually, if you want. But what's your alarm situation? Are you pretty good when, when it comes on? Do you shut I get up? I am pretty good at the minute. Um, so I think my alarm's set at 7.42, um, which is very specific, I know. Because, well, this is when I'm, like, working from home. So it'll be set at 7.42. And I allow myself, I have to be out of bed by 7.50. And I've got 10 minutes to get to my desk. 
to start at eight. So that's my that's my workings. But usually I wake up before my alarm, which I enjoy very much. But only if it's a five minute period. If it's any longer than that, I've missed sleep. But the perfect scenario is when you wake up two minutes before your alarm, so you can turn the alarm off, and then you're already awake, so you don't have to hear the siren because I've got some siren going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> so at the minute, sleep schedule's good, very good. So I'm happy. That's good. K dog, what's your sitch? Um, I'm I'm quite good with alarms actually. To be fair, um, it's only the one that I need wakes me up. I agree with Blue. It is frustrating sometimes when you wake up early and uh, and you, you either have that period where it's too long to kind of, you know, switch off, but it's not long enough to be able to go back to sleep. That's yeah. kind of the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with them. The alarm goes off. I'm, I can get up and just get on with it. Um, I'll wake up to a bit of Frank Sinatra. That's life every morning. That's my alarm. Um, big Sinatra fan. My go-to karaoke obviously um but yeah um that's that's how i wake up so the organs hit at whatever time in the morning it is uh, that's life and then that's it i'm up oh very nice why well, is just a generic one pretty mm. much it's just yeah, says I reflection can be, on i shouldn't be dealing with um sirens or anything like yeah, that it's literally that that's that's quite <laughs> dramatic I used to, my alarm used to be, I think it was about a year or two ago, my alarm used to be High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. Oh, Obviously, no. No, I hate that song already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've gone to more chilled Sinatra now. Okay. Fair play. Fair play. Um, right, Blue, we've got two very big questions to end with. Mm-hmm. Start with yours. So we'll assume that you haven't got your superpower for this one, Kieran, um, because otherwise it wouldn't, there wouldn't be a... A good question, but what skill would you most like to master? Um, I think probably a serious one would be probably trying to like become fluent in another language. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak a little bit of German, and I say emphasis on little bit, um, but uh, I'm not going to say any now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I obviously I studied it at school and during lockdown picked up some. You know, I was just passing the days with Duolingo. So um, speak a bit of German, but I'd like to become fluent in another language. I think that'd be cool. Another thing I could do, I can already sort of do this already, but like obviously love my American football. Now I can throw an American football, but I would love to be able to throw an American football as good or as close to a professional in terms of the distance and the spiral. Um, I can throw it about 35 yards, but they can throw it probably um, <laughs> probably a lot further than that. Um but I'd like to be able to perfect that so I could throw it perfectly every time because it just gives you so much enjoyment from just seeing that ball come out and release and just, oh, it's just beautiful when it glides through the air. You played a bit as well, didn't you? A little bit? But I didn't yeah, I played, I played defensive line, um, which is obviously very different to, to throwing the ball because rather than being the one throwing the ball, I'm trying to get to the guy throwing the ball um, and bring him down, basically. Um but yeah, no, I did for a bit for Ipswich Cardinals just one season, but I got injured. Um, so yeah, that didn't go very well. Um, didn't get injured playing. I think that's important to point out. Um, but I was injured and ended up missing the whole season. So yeah, but I enjoy I enjoyed my my brief spell with them. Um, I would play again. It's just I don't have the time to do it, and I'm getting old now. So yeah, <laughs> fair play, fair play. Um, we have got one final question, but I'm I've, I'm doing this again, Blue. And I don't know why it's just randomly popped in my head, and I think we've got to, we've got to test this out actually at some stage. How many kick ups can you do? 
Oh God, let's not even start on this. I'm horrendous. <laughs> this is for this is for all of us. But well, Blue, what's what's your because you're you're the you're the professional footballer here. Me and Kieran are just yeah media hounds. Um, we play I football on the side, but you're yeah. Don't know if I've ever. Well, I have not not like recently stood there and tried to get as many as possible. Um, I don't know. That's a really difficult question. I think I've once got to four hundred and something oh my when God. I was in the garden. Yeah, you just get bored. You just get you just get bored. Yeah. It's not a fun task to do. And I'm not very good at like around the world and stuff. Yeah. Who do you reckon's the best, do you reckon? Like the whole squad. Who can do the skills and just do loads of that? That's a tough question, actually. Yeah. Because sometimes you get surprised by certain players who play in different positions. You think I actually... reckon Braz would be quite good at it. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, I think so. In training and but um, what's her name? Lucio Bryan. <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I Lucio. Thinking, I, I was thinking through this, <laughs> the squad. <laughs> of course, I know who Lucio Bryan is. Lucio Bryan, she's pretty good. Bonnie's got a good few touches. Yeah. Outside the boot, often pulls it out in games as well. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone, and they're going to be really annoyed. I reckon yeah. Pess would be annoyed at you for not mentioning her, but. Mm. No, I'm not going to say Pesk, sorry. Lucy O'Brien over Pesk. I'm sticking with Braz. I reckon she's got it in her, in her locker. Yeah. 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 Fair play. Fair play. Just a little add on question, as always. 10 but questions. I'm, I'm hoping, by the way, just no chance that the only thing I, I mean, I obviously enjoy playing football, but I just prefer to take set pieces over everything else. <laughs> free kick challenge. Actually, we had a few free kicks, didn't we, on, on, um, on Sunday against Chillingham? Didn't come off, unfortunately, but um, we t- we had a lot of corners and set pieces, which is good to see. Yeah, definitely. I think um, everyone thought Bonnie was going to score again. Yeah, um, when she right. definitely did because obviously she scored one the week before from the same position, pretty much, and they scored three that like that all season. So for those that read the tweets yesterday, I put something like. Pesk was fouled on the edge of the area. And I even included in the tweet, Horwood to take, because I was fully expecting her to hit the target. Um, unfortunately, she I think it was because we were behind the goal and the goalkeeper shifted the wall over just that little bit more. I think they might have been doing their homework. Um, so Bonnie's tried to find the other corner to where she normally goes and it just didn't work out very well. But um, it's become a bit of a weapon, that, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah she dragged it a bit wide in the end. But I think Laff had a good attempt as well. Yeah, um, but the, cor- the corners and deliveries were good. I thought on the on the most part. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you got Megan Waring in there waiting for a first goal, hopefully, yeah. Uh, as you said, it could be a well or it could just be a nice header overhead kick. We we shall wait and see. Um, but final question, Kieran. We've been building up to it. We're getting deep. What has been the one thing you've had to overcome in life, my friend? Um. Yeah, I had to think long and hard about this. Um, I'd probably say, and, and people are going to think I'm nuts for saying this, but like, obviously, for those that know, know me, like, I spent some time living in Australia when I was sort of, you know, in my early teens. And I'd moved back after about two and a half years to the UK, live with my grandparents for a bit, um, whilst my parents were still in Australia. And at the end of my GCSEs when I was 16, I I went back to Australia for six months and those were the worst six months of my life. Um, and I, so I had, 
a situation where I didn't want to be in Australia. I didn't like living out there. People might think, oh, my God, what, are you mad? Like, well, how would you not like living in Australia? But I genuinely like did not like living there at all. It was just not for me. Um, didn't settle there. Um, ended up in a situation in those six months where I just finished my GCSEs. I've moved back to Australia, couldn't find work. I, my, my family had moved away from the area that we were in, so I didn't know anyone. Um, and I was just stuck at home all day, every day, um, with nothing to do. Um, and obviously my friends were, and my family, extended family were 10,000 miles away and, and the rest. Um, and it got to the point where I started to get, you know, start to slip into a bit of a depression and, um, developed insomnia, um, because all of my mates were obviously up, you know, let's say eight hour time difference from where I live. So the only time I could communicate with them was late at night. And that turned into a situation where like, I it was like physically unable to sleep at night and I would, my social time would be through the wee hours in the morning. And I'd find myself going to bed like four or five a.m. every single day for months on end, and it was just a really difficult time for me to to, to be experiencing that. Very much missing home and home comforts, and although I was living with my parents again, being ever, far away from everything I'd known and everything I'd grown up around, and just not wanting to be where I was, and that, that was really really difficult. But after a, uh, about three or four months or so my parents made a decision to move back to the UK. Um, and I ended up moving back here in the January of 2011. Um, and I think that's probably been the, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Although my parents still give me a bit of banter for making them move back from Australia. Um, I think ultimately, I think it was the right decision for, to, to come back. Um, I've never looked back and I certainly would not be sat here today if I'd have stayed out there. Um, and I think it, it has changed changed my life for the better being able to come home um so i would say that it was that was yeah it was very difficult six months and although like i said people might think what well, going to australia for six months that sounds lovely it really wasn't um especially when you didn't want to be there such a difficult age as well isn't it just after gcse's where friends are so important um, yeah. so i can imagine how tough that was yeah fair play Kieran. Fair, fair that was a long time ago now. <laughs> yes, yes. But as you said, yeah, if, you know, if you didn't come back, you wouldn't be recording this podcast right here. So there we go. Yeah, good journey, good journey. Um, and we've got a big game. That's it. Any other questions, Blue? Any questions for you, for you Kieran? Any, any questions you want to ask us? You know, no? no, I spend a lot of time with you two anyway. So, you know, yeah, um, I'm not, you know, I, we've made it this far, Ross. And, um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about your driving, but you know, I was gonna say how's it going, but um, you know, for a little bit of that. Yeah, on the last main flagship podcast, I said I had no theories, so we'll move on and um, look ahead <laughs> no, to. Uh... Honestly, like I know we give you a bit of stick for this, like on the coach and whatnot, but we all genuinely so want to pass so much. Like yeah. every time you say, "Oh, I've got it booked in," I'm just like keeping everything crossed that you've passed. Like, I just want I want this journey to be over for you and that yeah. you can finally get in the car and, and hopefully pass your practical first time. Yeah, um, that as well. That as well. Because yeah, you that's... are very much in debt to me with lifts over the years. So I'm yeah, looking forward people. to being a passenger in your car for once. Um, but you can do it. You can do it, mate. Like, you know, I know we joke about and I've, I've brought up the, the thing again, but genuinely, please pass. Like, you know, we want to <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think one in my life now. I think yeah, it's yeah. getting. I got a lot of debt. I owe a lot of debt you to a lot can't of people. Let Regan pass before you. Yeah, or at least we can pass at the same time. You know, I'm happy yeah. to just pass in the same year. But if he, yeah, but he's got. I have got ambitions to do it, but I think he's. I don't know. I think I'm just so just like. Oh. I think so when you're now. like you, you obviously become 17 and you, you're able to learn to drive, it's like the one thing that's the most important thing in your life. Like, yeah. I mean, my my driving experience is a little bit different. Like, I was actually well, we talk about that six months in Australia. They can drive a 16 out there. So the one thing that I was trying to do to help myself better get better in life was to learn to drive while I was out there. So I started when I was 16, and then. I moved back to the UK and continued my lessons. But then it, it got to the point where like, I was like, I don't know if I can afford to get a first car because I just moved back and didn't have a job. And and then I got a job. And then my granddad were like, oh, um, for my 18th birthday, they're like, oh, we're, we're going to buy you a car. So um, I then it, it obviously accelerated the lessons, pardon the pun, um, from, from that point onwards. Um, I passed when I was 19. Um so yeah, I've been driving for ten years now. But I think when you're at that age, it's literally the only thing you think about. It's just yeah. like I want to drive. Um, so I can understand what you're saying, Ross, about about Regan. Like he's got that that urge now, and you're yeah. older and cynical and <laughs> fed up yeah. with the process now, probably. Yeah. One Ross, day think, though. Yeah, I think what you need to do is you actually need to buy a car, and yeah. then when it's sat there. Well, then be like, well, yeah. that car isn't being used right now. What a waste of money. And then you'd be like, okay, let's get my test done. That's then, my... I'll just, then I'll just probably say, oh, what a waste of money. I'm just going to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the thought process. I don't know. I, 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 I won't be the fraud. Yeah. But... Ross, all the best drivers fail. I fail. Yeah. To be fair, I, I, I passed my theory first time, but I think passed my practical on the fourth attempt. Okay. I've been in the car with Blue. Um, it's I'm an a great driver. Interesting experience. <laughs> I've, got better, I've got a lot better. I do yeah. a lot of miles, actually. So I've got I'm a lot better. Too. I'm surprised your car hasn't, uh, hasn't packed it in yet. Um, and, and no points, by the way. No points yeah. yet. There you go. Fair play. Fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll keep it at that, though. We'll, um, we'll come back to this. And uh, one day <laughs> on the podcast, we will bring you that big news I story. It's a celebration. A proper celebration when yeah. you pass. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. The celebration will just basically giving you all lifts. That is it. Just a lift. Even just if it's a lift around the corner to, to Tesco's. Um, other supermarkets available, of course. Um, but yeah. Um, well, let's uh, basically preview the biggest game of the season. Um, Oxford at the AGL Reno in Felix Doe. Second versus first. Um, last time out was a 1-1 draw back in October. Um, they've only seen one defeat all season. Kieran mentioned it, it was against Cheltenham Town. Um, Blue, how are you feeling going into this one? A team, they've scored 42 goals, only conceded nine goals in the league all season. Thoughts on this one? You know what? It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a very tough game. Um, but I'm really excited for it because it's two teams who are in incredible form um, going against each other with huge, huge circumstances. Um, I think probably looking at it from an unbiased opinion, it's Oxford's to lose, um, as they are in the driving seat, which makes a change almost from last time or last year. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's hard to describe how big this game is. 
Um, I think we all know that. Um, obviously, Oxford's home record is ridiculous. I don't know how many days it is now where they haven't uh, lost at home, but obviously this this game is at home for us, away for them. So that's a that's a positive. But in my eyes, it's it's any I could I couldn't predict it. It could go it could go so many ways. Um, and I really hope that fans pack out Felix Stone, make noise as they did on Sunday, because I thought the noise on Sunday it felt like a home game. Um, drums singing in particular was amazing so um, I really sort of encourage if you're if you're thinking about coming um, to the Oxford game on Sunday I think it's 2pm kickoff as usual please please come we need your support this is a this is a big one it's a key one in the in the title race and um, our season so uh, I, I literally cannot wait I'm counting down the days until Sunday I think a lot of the girls are too yeah, uh, Kieran. Just um, before you get your thoughts on the game, some details for for listeners there who are thinking about going to their first game, uh, who have maybe gone before, but what's the details before the game? And yeah, two pm kickoff. Yeah, so AGL Arena in Felixstowe, home of Felixstowe and Walton United FC, two pm kickoff on Sunday. Tickets.itfc.co.uk uh, for your advanced tickets for that uh, for that fixture. We're expecting this to be a busy one. It's going to be a big one. Um, uh, there's so much riding on this. I think from our perspective, you know, this is an absolute must win for us. If we are to keep ourselves in the title race and to put ourselves in a good position going forward into the final two games of the season, we have to win this game. I think for Oxford, I think it's a can't lose probably because a draw for them probably would be okay. Yeah. Uh, we have to recognise that. Um, but I, you know, th- this is going to be a game of fine margins. Whoever blinks first, um, every meeting other than the three-one the at their place last season has been closely contested. It was a very tight affair back in October. You know, two very good teams, two very different teams. Actually, I was they're very they're very disciplined and experienced and and whatnot. Um, whereas I think we're more sort of free flowing than them. Got a bit more youth in the team a bit more pace but it's going to be a a real titanic clash between two of the best teams in the division that have both got championship aspirations and blue mentioned the fans the fans have been unbelievable for the last few weeks since the formation of the new supporters club with the drums the flags they've been recruiting more people as members it's encouraging more people to come to games I think there's we've seen a lot of new faces at games in general that are not involved with the supporters club, and I think the fans have got a huge part to play this weekend. If if we can if we can create a really really good atmosphere at the AGL that drives the team on to what could be an enormous victory, that could, that could be the catalyst. I think, um, and you know Oxford will know that. They'll be, you know, they've they've gone on today about their home record. I mean, their home record is brilliant. You know, fair play to them. Thirty games unbeaten at home, like over twelve hundred days without losing a game at home. But you're not at home this weekend. <laughs> and yeah, our, our home environment has been a real, real big plus for us in recent weeks. So, to any town fans out there that are contemplating it or have never been before. Be there on Sunday, massive game, make a racket. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Bring it on. Big game. 
Um, and what a big podcast has been. Um, pleasure to have you on, Kieran. Any other business from yourself before we wrap up? Yeah, I just want to mention that um, on Sunday at the Oxford game, um, there is going to be the official Ipswich Town Supporters Club collecting votes for the official Women's Player of the Year. Um, so there will be um, there will be people by the turnstiles with clipboards um, collecting votes from supporters attending the game. So last year, Bonnie Horwood won Supporters Player of the Year. Um, so I'm interested to see with plenty of contenders this year who's going to pick up the award. Uh, and the winner of that award will be um, obviously announced at the end of season dinner at Milsom's on the 2nd of May, um, which is a very, very posh black tie event that we get to attend every year, which is fantastic. Blue, you had the uh, the privilege of going up on the stage last year to collect your gold of the season award. Um, so, yeah, um, if you're coming along on Sunday, don't forget to vote for your Women's Player of the Year. Definitely. And come down to the AJ Arena in Felix Doe, 2 p.m. kickoff. We need your support. Bring it on. Uh, Blue, I'll let you take away. Any other business from yourself before we wrap up? don't think so. I don't think so. I think we've covered it all. Um, but, yeah, big thanks again for listening um, and providing support. As always, um, also big thanks to John Fowler Solicitors um, and big up Michael Kennedy. Always DM me on Instagram saying good pod. So I love that from him. Um, and we'll catch you next week after the big Oxford game. Um, and we'll see you on Sunday. Upper Tower.